Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show our Sweet 16 edition. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tong Rayside. I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and how sweet it is. You gotta love March Madness, baby. Give us a call. We're talking about it all. 718-664-9098. Like always, today at gmail.com, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere. Busy show. Of course, we'll talk about the brackets, what happened. We'll give you our 316 predictions for Thursday and Friday. Little MLB in Cuba, NBA, a great matchup Saturday night. Some uh, NFL free agency that we got to catch up with, some off-the-field stuff in tennis. People going crazy in sports, Ray. But it's all about the hoops. Let's start with it. Right now, the range of emotions in two days from Northern Iowa with the buzzer beater winning in the first round over Texas, and then the colossal destructive loss losing to the Aggies. Ray, as the pendulum swings with the emotions, how do you feel about the Northern Iowa performances and those kids? And did they collapse or did the Aggies just not foul and go ahead and take that win away. So you could even go back another week because Northern Iowa wouldn't have qualified for the tournament if they didn't win their conference. So they've been on a two-week roller coaster. (laughs) But how crazy is that to win on a half-court shot on a Friday and then have to come back on Sunday – and with 34 seconds left, you're up 12. You got oh, 44, think, 44 seconds. 44 seconds. No, I think it was 34 seconds. Uh, we got to go back and check that. But I'm pretty sure it's just 34. So either way, less than a minute, you're up 12. You got to win that game 101 times out of 100. I mean, you can't <laughs> lose that game. Uh, and I don't care who you are because you figure – Unless you turn it over four times, which is exactly what they did, they, in that stretch, they did get one basket. So they had that long breakaway, you know, yeah, from yeah. under the you know, under the backboard. They ran, he threw it the length of the court, the breakaway dunk. Great play, so, too. Yeah, but other than that, they had four turnovers, and they gave up, what is it, two threes and, and one, so it's nine three-point plays, and then three, it must have been three baskets. I, you know, these are kids, and uh, they're college kids, and they don't, you know, deserve to be ridiculed. So I'm definitely not ridicule, ridiculing. But you know what? At any level, whether it's, you know, sixth graders, eighth graders, you gotta win graders, that seniors in high school, seniors in college, you got to win that game. You really do. I mean, just, it's just execution. You know what? 
you'd almost feel better if they went to the foul line and missed. Because then you could just say, you know what, it was physical. We just couldn't make the free throws. We just got to the line, but they didn't even execute to the point where they got they allowed themselves to get fouled. You know, you know what I mean? They no, turned I mean, it over it four times. Unbelievable. And, and it was fundamental for not fouling. They just played straight up pressure defense, guarding the inbounds man and the passers, and causing the havoc. Well, you know, know, once they got that first turnover and then they got that second turnover, they probably saw a little bit of deer in headlights. Oh, and they were thought to themselves, we really have a chance. I mean, and you're right, yeah, they, give A&M credit. When you're down 12, you're thinking, all right, we're going through the motions because we're not going to win this game. Down 12 with what, whatever it was, 34, 44, a minute, two minutes. You're not thinking you're going to win this game, especially if Reggie Miller's not on the court. You're not going to win this game. Well, you and know what else is amazing? Daniel House, he didn't score his first – he had 21 points, the glue guy for A&M. Didn't score his first basket until with five minutes and change left in the second half and dropped 21. That is insane right there. Like, you got to give pro- – and you know what's good for them – they kept the SEC alive because, you know, let's break it down. We know it's six teams from the ACC, three from the Big Ten, three from the Big 12, and then one, 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 one. The WCC, Gonzaga won, SEC, Texas A&M won, um, Pac-12, Oregon won, and then um, who's the other team? There's one more conference. So Pac-12, WCC, SEC, and Big East. Uh, Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. Can't forget Nova. So, yeah. I mean, that is three three conferences dominating, and it's A&M saying, wait a minute, we are not going to lose. We will hold it down for the SEC. So, I mean, and that's a great story. We don't, we can't beat that one over the head, though, because we got more to talk about. How about Wisconsin? Tell me, first of all, I know everybody and their great mama had Xavier <laughs> advancing. For Wisconsin, without Kaminsky, without their coach, without Decker, Nigel Hage, my man only scores six points, and Bronson gets busy, and the freshman uh, half drops uh, like 18. Can you believe Wisconsin beating Xavier Rack? Yeah, and Coney with those shots. I I got to tell you, (laughs) Buddy Ryan exists whether he's on the court or on the bench coaching or not. Uh, he is Bo Ryan. Sorry, Bo Ryan, Bo Ryan yeah. is just everywhere. I mean, this team just feels like a tough, hard nose out. It's one of those teams, like Michigan State, although Michigan State lost, but it's like Michigan State. You can beat them, but in order to beat them, it will take your heart, your soul, your mama, your grandmama, and your great-grandmama, and everybody just giving everything they have to win. These teams don't beat themselves. You have to play, and just it's just so emotionally draining and taxing, and they're just such a hard team to put away. And even if they're a seven seed, and even if they didn't have a great season in these short two-game tournaments that each round represents, Wisconsin is one of those teams that is just – they just don't go away. 
And Xavier, poor Xavier, you know, you got to think to yourself, great on season. the verge of yeah. being a great team, a great program, and they really could have used a, a nice little run to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight, you know, maybe the Final Four. So I feel bad for them, but you know what? Kudos to Wisconsin and those Chris two Mack, shots. a great coach. Remember I told you he'd probably be my coach of the year. I really feel bad for him. That's a great program. Miles Davis, they, they have some ballers. So shout out to Xavier. Hold hold your head up, players. Hold your head up. Yes, great season. And you know what? That program is here to stay. So good for them. You know, they're balling in Cincinnati. <laughs> so when you also look at yesterday's games and just breaking down the, the round of 32 to get to the 16, we'll preview it in a minute. But you, you got to go back and, and just talk about it. Um, I got to talk about my team, Maryland. Ray, I got to say, we took care of Hawaii. It was close there for a minute. But what were your thoughts of once Stone, Tremble, and Lehman got going, I felt like you saw the Maryland team that is the team that I predicted to upset Kansas in the Sweet 16 and make it to the championship because they were pretty impressive. You, you got you to give were, them They love. were, and there's a reason why – you guys were preseason, and I had you going to the Final Four, preseason top you know, four in the country. Some had preseason number one. But the thing that impressed me about Maryland is that the, the players played their roles, right? Everybody did what they needed to do. Nobody did too much. I didn't like the fact that Melo, uh, you know, Melo Trimble, the, the first game he fouled out, and in this game yeah. Carter fouled out. So it's like, come on, guys, you got to stay on the, you know, you got to stay on the court. The best. No, they're not sloppy sometimes. No, I know the best ability is availability. So you but know, when it comes to injuries, <laughs> right, right, right. And you know what? I like the kid that this, that, that Layman played well. Layman hit some free throws. So down the stretch, Carter, Layman, Stone. I like that front court. And you know what? The X factor is Rashid Suleiman, and he's actually very. I think he's matured. I think all that stuff that happened at Duke and, and getting to Maryland and playing a couple years at Maryland, Suleiman is really mature. I saw at the end of the game, did you see how he made he made some really smart decisions about letting the clock, like, for example, when it was a it was yeah. an over and back, right? But he let the ball roll. So he, it was another two two seconds or so against, uh, you know, no, against that, Hawaii. That's that senior leadership, right? Just that, smart, smart, yeah. awkward decision-making. I, I really like – this team, and I just think that they're a tough matchup. And and if everybody's available and everybody's in the game, you know what? They can beat anybody. I don't have any problem saying your Maryland Terps can beat anybody. No, definitely. We'll get to the their matchup next. We got to talk about this one because I think on Saturday's show, I think Ray and I both went out on that limb and we went with the number 14 team, Stephen F. Austin. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, the luck of the Irish is what did them in because 14 was about to take down six and Notre Dame. Now give Demetrius Jackson credit. You know, he had some big penetrations at the end of the game, but you got the freshman off the bench getting that rebound and putting it in and they lose by one point. I got to tell you, Coach Bray is really feeling good about his team. Now I don't know if they can advance again, but good win for the ACC, 12-1, and one, and good win for Notre Dame, beating a very ready 
uh, Stephen F. Austin's, Austin team, who the last three, four possessions, I didn't like the shot from uh, Thomas Walkup, who is a stud player, 21-5-5. and five. What were your thoughts about that game? Well, Walkup was the best player on the court. So oh, yeah. Walkup was the best player in the region. So he, you know, he's he, a second-round pick, man, 6'4", and, and doing all that he can do. A little bit of a tweener. I like the kid, though. He's nice. Yeah, I don't know about his NBA future, but I do know that in this tournament, in this game, he was he was awesome. He was great. And a little frustrating to lose that way for Stephen F. Austin. They dominated in their first-round game. They, they probably, you could say, played better than Notre Dame, but Notre Dame executed at the end. And a yeah. tip-in as your only basket. And they said that this kid missed something very similar as a senior in high school to uh, advance in the high school championship. So that's he played with just Kenny a, Smith's kid, I heard. I think he played with Kenny Smith's kid, so that's great. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The beauty, of, the beauty of redemption, right? You keep on playing, you'll get your chances. Well, and you know what's so funny, too, is that um, I, the one thing I would say about Notre Dame is, is that Every game, lunch pail, again, Zach August, what was it, 16 and 15? He's an automatic high double-double every game. I mean, this guy sometimes will give you 18 and 20, but uh, he, he's he the He missed glue. the shot, though, to win the game. You know what I mean? Listen. I, it I, took a dip in to, to make it. You need to finish that, Zach. But well, that's uh, you know what? Surviving events. I don't know if they can go um, – you know, I don't know if they got one more round in them. Who do they? Who do they? Who's Notre Dame play in the Sweet Sixteen? Notre Dame plays Wisconsin, actually the lowest yeah. seed. I mean, except for Syracuse, obviously the, the Syracuse Gonzaga is ten eleven, but they got the the yeah. easy of all the matchups. They have the next easiest, the next easiest match. Second highest, you're right. Yeah, I think Notre Dame might have something for Wisconsin. And 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 let me tell you, as great as Wisconsin plays, I don't think they have an answer for Demetrius Jackson. So if August can still do what he does. Um, but then again, will Wisconsin have that poor of a game from Hayes again? I mean, they won, and Hayes is probably their first or second best player, and he he was six Oh, he laid an egg, yeah. He laid an egg. Laid but then egg. again, Koenig didn't play well in the first round, and no, then right, played right, great right. in the second round. So they've been uh, he, inconsistent. Koenig was clutch. He was clutch yesterday, Ray. That was, that was uh, very impressive. So let's, let's talk about Buddy, because the Naismith and the Wood needs to go to Buddy Heels, and – Quiet is kept, and Ray said this earlier on when we picked, you know, both of us had Oklahoma their Final Four, and look, VCU was a very strong opponent, great game, 80, what, 85-81. 81 they played better than I thought. I thought Oklahoma would, would have a much easier time. This was a tough game for Oklahoma. But like you said, though, they've got Spangler, Cousins, Woodard, and let's be honest, Buddy was totally out of the first half, seven points, and Isaiah Cousins kept them going and kept them in that small lead at half. And then the second half, Buddy Ball took over. I mean, this kid wound up, what, he was 35, 36 points? 36. He had 29 in the second half. 29 in the second half. Wow. Ray, that was so impressive. And remember, that's only 20 minutes. He had 29 in 20 minutes. He's, He's so pure. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, Ben Simmons, who declared for the draft, He's getting an agent. We all know that. Number one pick, maybe Ingram two, whatever. I don't care where Buddy Hill gets drafted. I will say today. He's like, I'm not comparing him to Steph Curry. He's different. But this kid, he's got heart, he's got soul, and he's got 
basketball timing and rhythm. Buddy knows how to put it in the basket. And you can't sometimes, sometimes, Ray, you can't teach that. If you know how to wake up and score, he's a, he's the type of kid, he wakes up, you put him on the court, he's getting 20 points wherever he plays. He led the nation in three-pointers made. I'm happy for him. Good win for Oklahoma. I think, um, you know, maybe A&M will wake up because that's going to be one heck of a matchup. But, Ray, we got to give props to Nova. I mean, listen, we, we – we both were like, I went with Nova. I think you went with Iowa, but we both thought that this was not necessarily the best Nova team, but we weren't sure. Let me tell you, Nova put, this was the most impressive top seed probably of the weekend. 87 to 68 over a strong Iowa team. You know, yeah, you were trying yeah. to tell me that I was going to win. I was like, no, nah, I got Nova, but Ray, what would you think about Villanova? Uh, I think I need to uh, start writing an apology letter. Oh, you need an I'm sorry. Good. They're really good. Villanova is really good. And they're a number they're two a number seed. Two but remember, there's a there's reason why they were a number, number one seed throughout the season. season. So, so all I can all say I can is say that Jamie – Jamie, uh, Well, we got to talk about Jamie Dixon, Jamie by the way. Dixon, Jamie Dixon is leaving Pitt to go to TCU. Yes. Alma mater. Yeah. My boy Johnny Dawkins, now longer with Stanford. You know. Yeah, this Villanova team, man, I, I, you know, you look at them and, and you're like, all right, who, who am I game planning against? But, but they're <laughs> all good, you know, Jenkins and Hart and Archie Diakono. By the way, Archie Diakono, is, is he like an eighth-year senior? I feel like this guy's I been love, there forever. Yeah, I love Archie. He's like Van Fleet and them boys and Baker. Brunson, yeah. Never, yeah. Ultra, Ultra, <laughs> they're all over the place, and, and they are – you know what? They're one of those teams that they don't really have a weakness. You know, they've got no, they size, don't. they've got experience, they've got coaching. Jay Wright can, you know, can, can get these boys playing. So, uh, you know, obviously you you got to deal with matchups. But Villanova's one of those teams where I, I have to admit I, I kind of under you know underplayed them, and and we'll talk about it. But they're playing a Miami team that you know has been inconsistent. So when they're really good, they're good. But I think that Villanova has consistently been good. The one knock has been their level of competition this year in the Big East as opposed to the ACC, which we see is just an unbelievable – or they're performing unbelievably in the tournament at least. So, yeah, Villanova, man, I, I, was, I was very, very impressed. And, and, and I thought Villanova was, was a, an early exit, but I apologize. I mean, these guys are good. Yeah, no, we'll, and we, we'll predict that in a minute. we got to get to the Saturday games real quick. Oregon St. Joe's um, – Listen, this was uh, really what you saw from from Phil and his boys. He's a great coach, and St. Joe's, they can hold their head up high. That that was a tough game. Dana Allman's team at the end, you know, I, I, I just think that they have too many different guys that can score, which makes them such a great matchup for Duke because Oregon is – Almost like a Villanova, but more offensive. But they're so balanced. There's not there's not really a weak guy on the floor for Oregon. And so you give the Ducks props number one. But St. Joe's they're probably better than than a than an eight nine seed. You know what I mean? Like an eight seed. They're more like a five or six to me. I thought this team could be in a Sweet Sixteen if they had a better seeding. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they ran into a very underrated and balanced Oregon team. How crazy that 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 they the freshmen. 
um, really delivered the goods, you know, with the steal, the free throws. So Oregon, you're right, Oregon was a tough matchup. This St. Joe's team, talent-wise, could be a Sweet 16 team for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, love, I love the way they play, man. They get after it. So Saturday, let's talk about it. Duke, Yale, you know, listen, we thought Duke would win. Yale, brave, valiant effort. You know, unfortunately, Makai Mason couldn't get it going, didn't shoot well, and, you know, Cinderella, the slipper burst. But I'll say this about Duke, and we've talked about it, and, you know, you love the lefty canard, but I think Oregon's got their hands full. And, you know, look, I'm watching the game. My son, he's a Duke fan, and I'm like, you really want St. Joseph's to win because, you know, playing against this team is, is going to be difficult. But I think it's just as difficult for Oregon as well because Duke is also very talented and they find ways to score and everybody's pitching in and doing their part. Plumley, whoever, I will you know, say this Matt Jones. About, yep, I will say this about Duke is that sort of easy come, easy go, right? They can have a run against you, and you can have a run against them. Oh, They're yeah. one of those teams that can go 15-2 and two against you, but you could come right back against them. I mean, look at that Carolina game where Carolina was up big and then Duke just took over. You know, they were up, now granted, this human nature, but they're up 23 at, or what was it? Yeah, 23 at the half. And then Yale out scores them, outplays them in the second half. Just they dug themselves uh, too deep of a hole. Now, Yale wasn't going to win the game, but it just shows you this Duke team can be had on the one hand, and on the other hand, they're never out of it. So very, you know, difficult team to predict and very hard team to play against. Yeah, I'll say this just for time's sake so we can move forward. Virginia, North Carolina, and Kansas, they all took care of business. Not too much of a struggle. Um, and when they needed to, they got the key baskets to pull away. We already touched on Miami a little bit, handling Wichita State, and Angel Rodriguez, Ray, is, is really, really clutch. I want your thoughts on the Indiana-Kentucky game. On the show, I went with Indiana. You had Kentucky. In my bracket, I had Kentucky. I admitted to it. But remember, I told you, I just had a feeling. How impressed were you with Crane and Yogi Farrell and Williams and those boys and how they were able to really just – I felt like it was outmaneuvering Kentucky, you know, the tit-for-tat – but they would go tit tit and attack. You know what I mean? Like like a great boxer, like a little Mayweather, like the little crack crack quick jabs. Give me your thought on a great game, and we need to see Indiana Kentucky during the regular season more often. Yeah, the fact that that rivalry is done is annoying. I mean, that, those those are yeah, natural bring, bring rivals. That, back. Should, that was great basketball. They should be playing every year. But you know what it comes down to? It comes down to Calipari. You roll the dice, and sometimes your McDonald's All-Americans don't deliver. And in this case and in this year, and you just need to look at the box score to see that really it was Ulysses and Murray. And all year long, these were the only two that delivered. You know, Alex Poitras is the upperclassman, and he, you know, never been the same since the injuries and really has never been the dominant player they had hoped. This kid, Scal, is... You know, maybe stay in school for two years more, maybe, and develop his game. Just doesn't really have a game. Doesn't impact the game. And Isaiah Briscoe's no. inconsistent. And right, and Briscoe's Lee, not a shooter. He's got to penetrate more. And 
Right, and Lee, you know, the guy with the experience really, um, you know, didn't do didn't do that much. You know, even in his 28 minutes, only had four points, four rebounds. So this was a team, Kentucky, where you expected because they had All American written on their chest that they'd be great. But sometimes All Americans don't pan out, and sometimes they don't pan out in one year. So Indiana had the deeper, more consistent teams team, right? And remember, they're playing without their guy Blackman for most of the year. And so Yogi... That's what's so impressive to me. Exactly. So Yogi and Williams and Bryant, you know, they have three studs and then guys around there, role players that can contribute. So good for Tom Crean because, look, he was on the hot seat. If Tom Crean didn't win the Big Ten regular season and then was out in the first or second round, you could argue that you know, the and alumni. Yeah, well, but the it would have been, but the alumni in Indiana, you know, they think that every coach is Bobby Knight, and every coach is held up to Bobby Knight's standards. So many wind up going to Oklahoma State and making them great, and you know, replacing. Maybe Travis it comes Smart. to the state of Indiana, but you know what? <laughs> Notre Dame and Indiana, they think this is the '80s and that '70s and '80s, and the, and that their teams are just guaranteed to be good. So they're high expectations, but they made it to the Sweet 16. So good for them. Tom Crean gets another year or two uh, of of not having to worry about his job. But you know what? Great coaching job, frankly, by both coaches. Oh, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. So let's go forward. We'll we'll talk about Gonzaga and, and their matchup. They, 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 they handled Utah dominating. Their guards outplayed Utah guards. But let's get to Thursday in the Sweet 16 because let me tell you, Gonzaga, Syracuse is going to be great as well. Miami Villanova starts us off, Ray. Uh, I'm going to take a snap, a, a, a jab at this one first. You know, ACC against the Big East, you feel like the, it's the Big East, you know, the, their lone survivor in the tournament against, uh, you know, one of the scrappier teams in ACC in Miami. Look, 27 wins for Miami is, is nothing to sneeze at. And Villanova's got 31 wins. Both teams, great seasons. The loser can't be disappointed. But I just think this is Villanova's season. This is a different Villanova team. And I love Angel Rodriguez, what Miami does. I think you mentioned it before. They do have scoring droughts. You know, Wichita State almost was able to come back and pull this out. But I think with Villanova, Jay Wright's got too much posse. And I think that they wind up winning this uh, probably 80 to 72. I'm going to go with Nova to advance to the Elite Eight. Yeah, Angel Rodriguez might be the best player that nobody really knows about. Diamond D, yo. A star. But you know what? I think that Josh Hart can neutralize him. And I agree. I think Villanova's too deep, too experienced, and they have the weight of the Big East, and they have the weight of, you know, the whole uh, underdog thing going on. Miami is kind of that. You know, not really historically a basketball program, but obviously the ACC is a big-time basketball it's conference. All about the you. <laughs> and I think that your boy Jay Wright is going to take this team at least to the grade eight or the elite eight. Elite eight. <laughs> all right, I think we have yeah. a caller. Maybe a caller wants to chime in about this game or another game. Hello, caller. You're on the air with no. Ray and Tay today. Hey, it's Seth. Seth, what's up, buddy? How you doing? 
I'm good. How are you? All right. What's on your mind, NCAA? Yeah, so I'm in the survivor pool, and you pick pretty much you pick a, a team a, a, a day. Okay. Two teams the first two rounds. You can't pick that team again. All right. Now who, I'm, who, I'm, who you got? Who, who's so I already you? Used, so teams that I used up, so I used up Miami, Oregon, Iowa State, and Syracuse. So I can't pick those four teams. So I got to pick a team on Thursday and Friday. So I'm, just, I'm thinking of going Villanova on Thursday and Gonzaga on Friday. I just heard you guys talking about Villanova, so I feel a little more confident about that pick. That's yeah. not bad. I like that. And I and I got to tell you, Gonzaga, the way to beat that Syracuse zone is you have to be able to go inside and score inside. And with Wiltshire and Sabonis, Sabonis they, yep. they, they can do it. They can do it. You know, the, the back and yeah, forth. Syracuse is also so, so overrated. I mean – they shouldn't have been in this tournament. They who they beat? They beat Dayton. Okay, big deal. And they beat Middle Tennessee to the mid major program. Okay, congratulations. But, They're in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, but listen, they had to do it. They had to get there. You, you can't you can't beat on them too bad. They they played who they had to play and they did well. You yeah, know? They, um, that's uh, yeah, that's it. Now they should get their comeuppance and lose. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> I'm saying I hate Syracuse. I know. Um, well, you know what? You also want strategically to pick a team that you think is going to lose later. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, I would think that Ville, I would assume that Kansas, I want to save up Kansas and Carolina, so I would assume that Kansas would beat Nova. And then the Carolina-Indiana game, which is, I think, the toss-up, um, the winner of that game would go to the Final Four. They would beat the winner of the Nova. They would beat Notre Dame or Wisconsin. No, you have um, a great strategy. I, would, I think you, you're, you're going to do well with that, and that's, you should stick with that, definitely. Those two teams... I, I like uh, I like where you're headed with those. Yeah, the yeah, only I thing I would those. say is the Gonzaga-Syracuse, the other, I mean, the equivalent is if you had a strong feeling about Wisconsin-Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame could win and should win that game. Um, so that would be the other team, exactly. So you would say that the Notre yeah, Dame I would, would win, away and then they'd Oregon lose the Duke. next round. I'd I mean, stay yeah, away they, I go by Duke. also the points, right, which I look at to give me like a good, a good thing of who um, who's the, the favorite. And no right. is a four-point favorite, and uh, Notre Dame-Wisconsin game is going to be enough pick them when it goes off. It's one point. I see Notre Dame now. So that game is showing how tight those teams are. And Gonzaga is a four-and-a-half-point favorite also over Syracuse, which yeah. makes me think that Gonzaga is on a neutral court is four-and-a-half. And in Gonzaga, they'd be eight-point favorites. And this game is on – that's where is this game being played. In Chicago. I don't know what. Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Playing in Chicago, yeah. 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 Right, right in the middle of the country. Nobody has an advantage. No, so yeah. they don't have an advantage, but four and a half points on a neutral court, I like that. Yeah, the other one, I, I, I am not, I mean, I picked it on the show, but, uh, you know, things have fallen their way. You know, another team to look at potentially um, is Virginia. Because I don't think Virginia could win it all. So if you want to get a win out of Virginia against an Iowa State team, that really only – dominates on one side of the ball, and Virginia's a great defensive team and, and a great two-way and team, and not a great two-way team. But, yeah, so think about Virginia. If, if you get cold feet against with, with uh, you know, that Circus Gonzaga game, uh, in that same region and in that same, uh, you know, place is is Virginia. Although the, the other argument is keep Virginia for the next round, assuming yeah, that Virginia, for Virginia wins. Virginia beat Gonzaga, and if an 11 seed beats me on the way to the Final Four, so be it. I lose. You'll live with Gonzaga that. Beat. Okay. Yeah, I can live with that. I hear you. I hear All right, that's good. That's good. I, I, I like the strategy. How many people are in this knockout pool? Um, Started off day one with 9,000. Now we're at 
3,000 left. And after the next two days, day five and six, there will be about like 1,000 left, I would say. So that is it typically like a lot of ties? Because I would think in football, it's hard to go 17 weeks. But in, in so basketball. If you get through all the way or 10 days, so if you get through 10 days, they set the elite eight, they make one day. <laughs> if you get through 10 days, they split up the the pot between everyone. Okay. Uh, yeah, fair so enough, but there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of ties. hundred buy-in, nine thousand thirty people. You could do the math. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we listen. We wish you well, and 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 next year you got to send some of that action over to Ray and say we'll jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you the referral. All, All right. right Seth, cool, Seth. Great call. Great thanks, call, man. Seth. Good luck. All right. Thanks. You too. Right, hey, have a good one. All right, let's finish the Sweet 16 because we do got to talk some uh, MLB, MLB and NBA. Ray, I, I just think I'm, I'm rolling with Buddy. You know, like you roll with Rush, Rush Management for EPSG. Rush Town Management. And, and, and uh, um, Eric B. and Rakim. I'm rolling with Rush because I think Isaiah Cousins and Buddy, they're going to outdo uh, Jalen and, and your boy Daniel, uh, Daniel House. I, I just think – Spangler's too much for Davis. I, I like Oklahoma overall, the whole roster. Woodard, I think I trust him. A&M, I, they were a little shaky for me. That, they they could have easily lost to Northern Iowa. Now people will say, hey, they won that game. Now they, you know, they'll momentum. regroup and they'll be, they'll be ready, the momentum. But to me, the momentum is Buddy in those nets, putting the ball through the hoop. So I got Oklahoma, I'll say, um, I'll say 79-73. I'm going to go Oklahoma. I agree. I think Oklahoma's going to win the game. The one thing I'm a little disappointed in is these games are a little close for my liking in terms of Oklahoma. So I don't really know what Oklahoma is doing wrong, but I know that certain, you know, for certain stretches of the game, they just seem to not be an elite, you know, as elite as they should be. They should be pulling away from these teams. Uh, They make it close. And you know what? Buddy Heald makes difficult shots. And those shots don't always go down. So Steph Curry's cousin. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? And and look at that Golden State game. We'll talk about that, that Golden State-San Antonio game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But but you know what? In a close game, he's not always going to make contested 24-footers. Uh, so Oklahoma has to, has to play a little better if they want to win at all. But I do think they win on Thursday. All right, let's keep it moving. Maryland-Kansas, a five against a one. For all intents and purposes, Ray, everybody and their mama should pick Kansas the way that they've looked and played. But my only problem is when you lay the pieces out on the court, Maryland's talent level is as good, if not superior, position by position. And, yes, I love Selden and, 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 and Elliot Perry and Graham and, and Mason, what they've done. Now, the problem with Maryland, if Tremble gets in foul trouble, we don't have a backup point guard. But – Suleiman and these guys, and I think Carter and Lehman are difference makers in this game. And if they get Dodd and Stone going with the alley-oops and the defense, I think Maryland is going to shock the world and pull off the upset. Yo, Turks over the Kansas Jayhawks, 79-78, tipping Stone. Maryland advances to the Elite Eight, baby. Yo, Turks. So I picked Maryland to go to the Final Four. Beating Kansas in this game right here, in this very game. But you know what? I have to tell you, I didn't see enough from Maryland so far. I have to go back on my pick and go back to Kansas and say, don't play consistently 
excellent basketball. And I don't think you can go five to seven minutes against Kansas, who's a very good team. They've got – they don't have anybody elite. They don't have really anybody in the pro uh, – anybody that the pros are really drooling about. Uh, but they are a very good college team. And I think that they will take advantage of Maryland's, you know, ups and downs. And Melo Trimble has to be more consistent with the ball and has to be stronger with the ball. Um, But you're right. Talent-wise, I like Maryland. I like Maryland with the size, with the skill, with the talent. Melo Trimble's the most talented player on the the court. And Carter could be a a nightmare. And Lehman, Suleiman, they can can do it. But I just haven't seen them play well enough for 40 minutes. So I'm going with Kansas. Oregon, Duke, to me, this is a toss-up. But I don't like Duke, so I'm going to go with Oregon. I love Duke's talent. I love what they can do. But I think what I've seen from from Dylan Brooks and the consistency of Oregon, when Duke has one of their droughts, it'll be enough that Oregon could win this game five to seven points. So I'll take Oregon 81-76 over Duke. Oregon advances. You know, this game, if they played 10 times, could be 5-5. I really think that Duke, as inconsistent as they are, could get blown out in this game. But I'm actually going to say they're going to win. Just because if they shoot well, they've been here before. Uh, Well, at least Grayson Allen's been here before. (laughs) And Coach K and his staff have been here before. Oregon has a chip on their shoulder, but they don't really know what it's like to dance nah. in a big dance. You're so I'm with saying Duke, with all their inconsistently, all their inconsistency, I'm going to say their talent level and the fact is they have that guy. You know, like Dylan Brooks is good, but Grayson Allen, won, Grayson Allen won a national championship. Right okay. as a freshman who didn't play that much, he went in and basically scored was it ten twelve points in the second half of that game versus Wisconsin, won the national championship. So I'm going to say that Duke has got the talent, has got the youth, and okay. they're going to okay. they're going to do it. So I like Duke right. by five. All right, let's go. Iowa State against UVA Virginia. Look, this is a good one. One four. This is chalk. What it's supposed to be. At the end of the day, Virginia, Tony Bennett, not only does he have Gill and Brogdon and, 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 and great defense, but these guys can score more this year than in past. And I think at the end of the day, George Miang and the run stops. I love Iowa State, what they're doing. But Virginia, they win this game, maybe 73-67. Virginia advances to the lead eight. Yeah, like we said to our caller, Josh, Iowa State's good on one side of the ball. Now, George Niang is great as a senior. He's got the experience, but I just think Virginia's too tough defensively, and I think Virginia can score enough, and Malcolm Brogdon's the best player on the court um, because of his two-way play. Niang is great as an offensive player and, and can contribute a little bit you know, on the boards, and he you know, can distribute the ball, but I just think that the all-around game of Brogdon reflects Virginia, and I think they're just a the better team. 6-7 matchup, Wisconsin-Notre Dame. I mean, look, both teams, you could say, if the ball bounced their way. They've gotten some breaks. It's hard to go. You know, listen, the ball Ryan's not there, but the Big Ten has is, is been tough. ACC's been tough. 
I'm going to have to roll with the luck of the Irish. I just think Demetrius Jackson is able to turn the corner on these guards. And Notre Dame's big on the glass. They've got a bunch of players who've been there the last couple of years in the tournament. And Zach August, to me, will be the one that will be, help them pull it out. Notre Dame advances uh, 69-66. I agree. I think that Nigel Hayes is inconsistent. I mean, he shouldn't be. Yeah. He's a junior. He shouldn't be this inconsistent. And then this kid, Bronson Koenig, is great. Hey, what a clutch game. But remember, he scored, what, like, uh, was it four or five points in the first game? So he, he's been inconsistent, too. So I just think that the talent is Notre Dame, the experience. Mike Bray is a heck of a coach. I think Notre Dame's got too much. And, and Wisconsin can't score. So if Notre yeah. Dame can put up some points, I just think Wisconsin can't catch him. Not true. Uh, 10-11, Syracuse against Gonzaga. We were talking about this one already. You know, I understand what Seth's saying. Syracuse hasn't played much, but to me, you got to play who you can play. Their zone, their talent, they, you know, guys, uh, your boy Michael Bojane or whatever, he's been doing it. And Cooney Benigy. is – Yeah. But what a Cooney, silent G. What you know about a silent G? Silent How G, eh? And G two Taylor. I's. You know, <laughs> a couple of – two I's and an E. Listen, the name is crazy, but the game is crazier. But I'm, I don't, you know, I don't care. I, I just think this is the year of the Zags where we slept on them. They should have never been an 11 seed. Their guards are just doing enough. They're just doing hip hop. It's, it's a microphone and a DJ, and they're doing it. So bonus is legit. His draft stock is rising. If he wants to come out, and him and Wiltshire are like, yo, this is our last chance. Let's do it. They're going to the Elite Eight. Gonzaga wins by five. I agree. I agree. You know, McClellan, Perkins. Karnowski, the role players are ready. Uh, I just think Syracuse has been a little inconsistent. to shut Benajay down. That zone, Mark Few's seen it, and he's got four days to prepare, five days to prepare for it. So I like. Your boy Coleman's not ready. Coleman's not ready for the bonus. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not ready. Now this is a great game. This is the last but not least. Um, listen, I love Indiana. I, I, I had them picking Kentucky, being taking Kentucky down. They did it. I think it stops here, though, because what I'm seeing from Carolina is they, they seem to be on a mission. It, it's, it's Meeks, Kennedy, Johnson, Hicks, and then you've got Barry and Jackson and Page. Look, if Page starts to get on this streak where he remembers like who he is, it's a wrap for everybody. And I think playing Yogi Ferrell will help him do that. He's going to be challenged. His manhood will be tested. Carolina wins a great game, 82-76, kind of pull away a little bit at the end there. Tar Heels in the Elite Eight. Look, when Carolina, when everybody's playing at their best, Carolina's the best team by far. The problem is too many stretches, Carolina does not play well. And Indiana's one of those teams that might be able to take advantage of it with their experience with Yogi in the backcourt and their shooting. But I do think, like you, that ultimately Carolina wins this game. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, just like Duke, man, they could win or they could they could get blown out. They're just – you never know which team's going to show up. I think the team's going to show up enough to beat Indiana, but just barely. Whew. So that's the Elite Eight. I mean, listen, we'll be back Saturday and see how Ray and Tay's picks came out. Before we get to this NBA, because we definitely got to talk about it, we got to touch on some baseball. We've been, we've been denying you all some spring training. Look – 
history is upon us. It's been since 88 years. Calvin Coolidge, Obama is in Cuba, ladies and gentlemen. So get your Cuban flags going. Baseball tomorrow, the Rays against the Cuban national team. Um, you know, it's big news. It's a great sports story. I think it's important, you know, maybe for these countries to, you know, act like they know each other and, and try to heal uh, mended fences and, and, and make things work out. And I think it's great that Cuban players could actually not have to defect and leave their families behind and let family members go to jail and all types of foolishness just to pursue their dreams to play baseball. We all know the El Duque story. Jose Abreu hasn't seen his son for two years. Quite as kept as saying maybe that's why uh, he had a rat on the road. She was like, look, I'm tired of seeing his kid. I ain't seen my kid, and I'm not in the same country as my kid. I don't want to see this kid oh, in the locker room every day. <laughs> Who knows? But – Listen, I think it, it, it's going to be great, and baseball is, is – baseball, look, Jackie Robinson's family is there. Baseball's done a lot of healing, especially in America. So with that in mind, Ray, two things I want to ask you. One, does this open up the, the Cuban talent more so, because we've got some great Cuban players here already, that. And then two, Diamondbacks and Blue Jays. Just quiet as kept. Spring training games don't matter so much, but they both have the best records in the cactus and the grapefruit, American League, National League. Could we potentially see a Diamondbacks, Blue Jays World Series? It's possible. It's possible. But I just thought like those Diamondbacks have, have Randy, Randy Johnson. Johnson. Shelby Miller's looking Randy. good. And your boy, Kurt Schilling. This isn't 2001. But you know what? Back to Cuba, though. I, I think it's a great story, and I think they have to figure out what to do with Cuba in terms of baseball. I mean, obviously in politics, eventually in the next five, ten years, it's going to open up, and they're going to normalize relationships. But yeah. all this Cuban talent is leaving, and that's one of those countries that needs to keep the Cuban talent and at least get something out of it. So I don't know if Major League Baseball needs to open up a stronger affiliation with Cuba I mean, when the time is right, ready, when the time is right. Uh, but I do think that all these teams, so, so the Dominican and Cuba and all that, they need to maybe, maybe baseball needs to, needs to integrate these countries and, and work some kind of, you know, off-season program and, and, and make well, it doing really world baseball. They do that with D- – well, next year is the world uh, – remember, it happens every couple of years. So next year the world uh, baseball classic comes on. The question is, will Abreu and all the Cuban players be able to play for their national team of Cuba? So I hope that happens because they should be oh, able yeah. to go home and play for their country, you know? You should be, yeah, for sure. So that would be fascinating. And then – uh, what's up with your boy with the sexist comments about female tennis players, Ray? Oh, my uh, God. And and here's the thing. First of all, it's ridiculous, the comment. Yeah. Second of all, women's tennis. I mean, granted, Djokovic's been playing very well, and, and, right. and, and Rafa. But they've been you know, carrying kind of, the sport for the last 10 years. Women's tennis right. carried the sport for 10 years. I mean, it was basically Serena Williams. Uh, you know, Sharapova, Lindsay Davenport, uh, you know, all these, these great women. Venus. <laughs> Venus in the, yeah, in the beginning of the decade. But, you know, the, to disrespect the women, like what's happening at Indian Wells? It feels like that tournament is always creating controversy. Nah, and for yeah, no reason, it's like a rinky tournament. I know. I think that maybe everybody needs to leave that tournament alone. <laughs> 
That's yeah, how you do that. Say right? that to be like we're riding the coattail of the men's. Really, the men's has been uh, a yawner yeah. for for Listen, ten years. Listen, you get the big Ray and Tay boo. Um, you know that's just ridiculous. Hey, before we leave that with baseball, Adam LaRoche, what do you think? I mean, look, we all know no other job can you bring your child to work every day, and and don't people talk about you know jobs that you have daycare? That's different. We're talking about bringing your child to the actual workplace. It's inappropriate. And so it should be inappropriate anywhere. Whether you work at Walmart, a law firm, Wall Street, baseball, football, anywhere. And the fact that he was there for so long, I think that it it lasted too long. I I, I just don't think it's appropriate. So if he feels that he's got to leave $13 million on the table and bounce, then bye-bye, homie. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I and the Chicago White Sox agree 100%. And uh, he hit 207 last year, yeah, 205, whatever it was. And if this is what it takes to have him retire, that means he was halfway out the door anyway. So, yeah, I mean, he just wasn't into it. So, you know, Adam no. thank you. Great career. You're 36. You played, you know, 12, 13 years in the pros. And everybody shakes hands like gentlemen and moves on. In his career, Ray, 72 million. Oh, by the way, the last two years, our ACC, 29 and 6 in the tournament, Ray. That's insane in the membrane. So, well, real quick. helped the Duke won last year, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Some NFL talk for you before we finish with the NBA. So, just to clean up a little thing, Arizona made some crazy moves, right? So, not only did they get Mathis and trade for Chandler Jones, um, which is impressive, they bring back Chris Johnson. So, you know, good for them. It seems They're like going they, for it. Yeah, but they were doing Now, Tampa Bay, we talked about this off the air, but we know that they got Brent Grimes and Robert Ayers um, defensively, but then they signed linebacker Daryl Smith from the Ravens that used to be with the Jaguars, the tackling machine. So I like what Tampa's doing, Ray. That, that's uh, – you, you feeling that with Tampa Bay trying to build up that defense? Tampa was a win or two away from being a very decent team, nine and seven, eight and eight. So yes, I do like what Tampa's doing. And the most important thing was to keep Doug Martin and to give your boy some stability on offense, Jameis Winston. And now if you're locking down defense and obviously you have an offensive head coach and an offensive philosophy, yeah, Tampa is Tampa's for real. I'm telling you, man, Tampa in the next two, three years, they're gonna do some things in that NFC South. So for backup fantasy running back roles, uh, Starks goes back to Green Bay for your fantasy heads, right? Denver, they sign Okun, which doesn't mean that they should get rid of Clady, but they might. To me, I'm like, hey, let's just uh, have a great left and right tackle. Keep Clady and Okun. I don't know why they would get rid of one for the other, but whatever. Um, well, they need to get a quarterback sign. first. Yeah, no, they – listen, I'm surprised at how long it's taking, Ray, for the Jets, the Broncos – Niners in Cleveland to figure out the RG3 just visited Cleveland. He two days there, two days with the Jets, you know. He, anyway, we'll see what happens. Nothing has signed off yet. The Jets seem like they're up in the offer for Fitzpatrick. Let's see if it's enough. Detroit, Jeremy Curley, the wide receiver for the Jets, goes to the Lions. Uh, boo, not impressed. Mike Wallace with some disses for Teddy Bridgewater as he leaves and goes to Joe Flacco on the Ravens. I need a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field to me. Ouch. Is that fair, well, or is Wallace, Wallace not good enough to talk that smack, Ray? I think he's not good enough to talk that smack. And <laughs> I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater fan, but you know what? Right. This is your chance. This is going to be your fourth team, and if there's anything Joe Flacco can do, 
He can throw the ball down the field. Exactly. And you know, remember what I said? I said the Baltimore Ravens are condemned because they signed Joe Flacco. They're never going to win again. They they overpaid the guy. He had to restructure his contract already. But you know they what? They haven't good offseason, though. I they think did, but, but they're not going anywhere. They're, they'll never no, win a championship again. Now, another smart move. So the Patriots, you know they're trying to get that number one pick back. Robert Kraft sent a letter. It's not going to happen. The NFL owners meetings going on. They're talking about the personal fouls, and two of them you'll be off the field. They're not even going to talk about the Kate, the catch rule. But the Patriots, your boy, they're, they've got Nick Fairley in visiting them today. Wow. Now, they did just sign Chris, uh, Chris Long. Would you like the Patriots to bring in Nick Fairley? That's a great move. Why not? I mean, how is this guy's star falling so much, though, that he's just kind of scrapping right. to get a job? I'm, I'm shocked that nobody signed him yet. To me, Nick Fairley is still a stud, and if the Patriots get him... He's like 26 low, years old. He's I know. Young. 26, yeah, he's really young. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So let's talk about Saturday and the weekend, man. I mean, look, game's on tonight. You know, Charlotte, uh, you thought that Charlotte would give the Spurs some... Some type of game. The Spurs have been putting it on the Hornets. The Warriors play the Timberwolves tonight, so we'll see what happens there. And Cleveland is putting it on Denver. And Tony Anthony Davis shut him down, the knees jacked up, done for the season, and he might lose crazy money if he doesn't make it on the first, second, or third team all NBA this year, only playing 61 games. What do you think happens with Davis and his money? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about the, the details of the contract, but you know what? He's a young guy. He'll make a lot of money in his career. I don't have to worry no, about no, that. No, no, I know, but he's definitely not going to be – I mean, we're only playing 61 games. I don't think he's going to be first or second team at the, at the well, forward position. Well, not only is it only, one play, only playing 61 games. 61 is not awful, right? 61 out of 82 is, is, is like three-quarters of the season, but it's on a terrible team, a team that started Didn't so make the playoffs. badly. Yep. And, yeah, he, he had that 59-point game, but you got to figure the first two months of the season, that team was just awful. And you got and Durant, so, Le, uh, LeBron, Carmelo, LaMarcus, LaMarcus Kevin Love playing, yeah. you know, Paul George. Speaking of, speaking of wait, D- Dwight Howard, did you hear about this? They're going to give him a oh, slap on the wrist him. for the stick'em? Stick'em. Uh, I, I, I stick'em. He's what I did hear a couple of weeks ago, I don't want to happen. Dwight Howard better be nowhere near a New York Knicks uniform. I do not want him. He's trying to land himself in New York, Ray. Nobody wants Howard. I don't even know where he's going to play next year. It'd have to be like just some bum team. Nobody wants him. They don't even want Howard anymore. Wow, that's crazy. Can you blame him? See, I, I, you got to still think this is a league of stretch fours. In the right scenario, with the right point guard and the right coach, Dwight Howard can still play. He's not changing his mentality. He's not even Andre Drummond anymore. He's not that good. You know what? I think it comes down to the fact that he just wants to be a nice guy and basketball gives him a lifestyle, and he doesn't want to win like other people do. And Kobe sniffed it out, and since then it's it's just – I don't think he has the health though, right? I think it's health. His back is not allowing him to be – he can be 10 rebounds, a block and a half a game, and maybe 8 to 10 points. He's not dynamic anymore. I just think it's okay. the back. Okay, so but that's still this? a contributor. That's still a contributor. Oh, yeah, no. The Western Conference, Ray, Rockets and Mavs slipped. Both of them are 35 and 35 down at the bottom. We saw Saturday night what happened. 
59 and 10 for the Spurs. They're about to be 60 and 10. And then 62 and 7, and they'll probably beat Minnesota. Although, don't sleep on Minnesota. They could get the eighth loss tonight in Minnesota. But you got to believe they'll right the ship. What did your boy Curry do against the Spurs? One for 12, one for 14? How bad was it? Yeah, Steph Curry, not only did he play poorly, but I think that – or shot poorly. But I think that all the bad the bad Steph Curry came out, which yeah. is he took contested 24-footers. Yeah. And that's never a good look, right? Now, he makes his fair share of them, but it just showed you that sometimes those don't go down. Now, can you beat them seven in a seven-game series? I don't know. But they played the perfect formula. Great they defense. Did you see how they switched the off the pitch? They switched yeah. and had anybody sticking him. I love it. They switched off the pick. They made it difficult. They made him move. They made him work. They made him fight for everything. And they gave up a few layups, uh, you know, because of that whole rotation issue. But the key to the game was LaMarcus Aldridge and Boris Diaw punishing them down low. And you took the bold step of sitting Tim Duncan. He only played eight, didn't start, played eight minutes, didn't even come back in the second half. I thought he'd come back and play ten minutes or so in the second half. But he didn't even do that. And it just tells you that the Grand Wizard, Popovich, always has something up his sleeve. He's ready, Ray. And that was a little taste. They still play each other, I think, one or two more times. Twice. They got two more games. Yeah, and one at home almost and one back to back. I think it's April 7th and April 10th or something like that. Yeah, it's very close. So we'll see. You know, he might not show his hand again, Pop. You know how he is. He might not care for the last two meetings, especially right before the end of the season. I think he made a little statement uh, letting them know, one, you will get punished if you play small ball against us with Aldridge scoring, you know, sort of 10 feet in and we can bring in Duncan or Diaw. But what I love is that because they've got a Diaw and, and Kawhi Leonard, they've got guys that can sort of rotate outside and match up with Draymond Green. So I think the Spurs, I think they're going to match up and it's going to be a seven-game set. I still think Blake Griffin's got to hurry up and get back. Where's Blake and when is he coming? Because even once he comes back, he's still got to sit four games. So he better say, hey, I'm ready. <laughs> and then come back. How does okay. that work? Like, if you got a little limp, you, you're like, know, hey, right? I'm ready, I'm ready. You I'm know, ready. <laughs> start counting those four games. Wait, wait. And then listen, Ray, Ray, Ray doesn't want to acknowledge it, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the all bulldog, I'm injured, but I don't care team, has got to go to the, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Because no Conley, no Gasol, no problem. They took care of the Clippers Saturday night. And I got to give a shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. They are so delicious. Matt Barnes chasing cats up the, up the uh, alleyway. They're 40, they're 40 and 30. And they're the fifth seed. They're going to stay in the fifth seed. And let me tell you, the Clippers, they better hope that they uh, got Blake back and they're ready. Because Zach, Lance Stevenson, Matt Barnes, um, you know, Ray McCollum is doing it. I mean, this team and, and, and Tony Allen defensively, I don't even know how you can get a shot off against the Grizzlies, Ray. So just watch out for them come playoff time. Memphis, and, and it's a great story to see Portland. They are going to be against OKC, the sixth seed, but it's just great to see Lillard and those boys, man. I'm happy for them, Ray, really happy. 
You know, so the NBA is, you know, it's 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 still on fire, folks. Even though it's all about March Madness, and quiet is kept, the Raptors are one game behind Cleveland. Just so you know. <laughs> yep, exactly one game, one in the loss column, one in the win column. So that oof, Cleveland does really have to get it together. I think they're nine and six in their last fifteen, something like that. They this team it's is all mental talented. for them. I know, I know. It, it it just comes down to what that that Eastern Conference semi and the Eastern Conference Finals, and then getting to the finals. So it it really is disappointing. But there's really nothing you can do. I mean, these guys are are professionals, so they, you just have to roll the clock forward. You just have to pretend it's April, whenever the whenever playoffs start, April 14th, 16th, and just start playing in in April. Do you 100% even trust the Toronto Raptors to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Because I don't. Look, uh, I mean, look, who are who are they going to play? If if the, if it were to play today, they play Indiana in the first round, Atlanta in the second round. So should they uh, either one of those, those teams, teams could beat them. Indiana could. The Pacers could too. The Pacers are sneaky good, right? And yeah, they're a little small, but you know what? Paul George is the best player on the court. So could they beat them? Yes. But I still think Toronto looks like they could beat Indiana and Atlanta in the first two rounds and then and then run up against Cleveland. Okay. I, I Shout out to Dwayne Wade, 20,000 points. Wow. 41st on the all-time scoring list. 20,000. That's a – listen, we, we say it, and if you really want to break it down, offense, defense, rings behind – Michael Jordan and Kobe Bean Bryant, Dwayne Wade is the third best shooting guard of all time. No disrespect to number four, Jerry West. It's just that Dwayne Wade, I mean, look at the, look at the career, look at the stats. And, and, and he's, oh, he's never been carried. Don't, don't get it twisted, fan. LeBron didn't carry Dwayne nothing. Look at the stats. Dwayne Wade carried Shaq, if you want to know the truth. In yeah, terms what of did that he have, 35 in that series? Woo! Goodness. What was that, the 07 series when they beat the Mavericks? And, and, and didn't he get rings for Gary Payton and Alonso? Dwayne Wade's yep. back is fired. His back is exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. right about that. Well, look, we got a great, great week. Job. We'll be back again on Saturday because we don't want to yeah. interfere with the, with the March Madness on Friday. So back Saturday morning, check your local listings. And... <laughs> Enjoy the pro basketball, and then Thursday and Friday, enjoy the oh, March Madness. We'll have our madness. final four, you know, coming. We'll have well, we'll get we'll get to you uh, right as we get to the Elite Eight. But starting, let's go, you know, Maryland. Let's go, Maryland. <laughs> I'm hyped, baby. Let's go, Tar Heels and Turps. I'm all about it. Great show. Thanks for listening.